It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Whether it's on your couch like we'll be watching this Sunday or at Paul Brown Stadium, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football. Watch it. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jake Lisko, along with your other host, James Rapine. Today is Crossover Thursday, and for once, it's both of us. We'll be talking to Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins in segment three of today's show. We're going to get started with some injury updates for the Bengals, including some bad news for fan favorite wide receiver Auden Tate and some good news along the offensive line where Xavier Suofilo has finally been activated the Bengals' only acquisition on the offensive line last offseason will finally be back, and we'll see if we even see him in action down the stretch. We're going to talk offensive line in segment two. James, let's get started with the injuries on Wednesday, the practice report, and the unfortunate news for Auden Tate, who will miss the rest of the season. James, let's start with the Auden Tate stuff. He unfortunately has been dealing with a shoulder injury apparently all year. According to those familiar with his situation in terms of injury, he's been playing through this injury for quite a while, but at this point it's gotten to the point where it cannot be managed. It's too much for him to deal with, and they're going to shut him down for the year. At the same time, you see Stanley Morgan comes off the COVID list. Could be an opportunity for him because John Ross still on that IR. I don't think that we're going to see him again this year. So some opportunities perhaps down roster at wide receiver as this season wraps up and for Alex Erickson. I mean, that's, that's the reality here is you're talking about a trio of Boyd Higgins and green. And then after that, how long have we spent talking about depth? Mike Thomas has missed a couple weeks was limited on Wednesday. I think he'll be back on Sunday, but then it's going to be the Alex Erickson show. And maybe like you said, Stanley Morgan jr. If they can elevate him, the, the good news is, is they can just elevate him for game day. They don't necessarily have to put him on the 53-man roster because of the COVID protocol. So don't necessarily expect him to be on the 53 right away. But it, it is certainly uh, disappointing and unfortunate for a guy like Auden Tate. And when you look at this offense, they desperately need someone to, to be able to make a play. And there, there are going to be uh, plays that are far and f- uh, few between. When you talk about Tyler Boyd, you talk about T. Higgins, defenses are going to key in on those guys, and you don't have a Joe Mixon out there. You're not going to have an Auden Tate out there. It's it's tough. It's just going to make things really, really hard down the stretch. Not that Tate was going to be a game-breaker, game-changer down the stretch, but having him certainly helped, and and losing him is, is just another one of the many losses the Bengals' offense is dealing with. 
Yeah, I mean, we saw them even last week in Brandon Allen's first game. They dialed up a play for Auden Tate. They threw him one of those jump balls that they love using him for. It was a little bit high from Brandon Allen. Auden Tate didn't really have a chance at it this time, but they still have a plan for the guy. He came out young, and there's still a chance for him to get better. He hasn't been terribly productive this year, but he's a guy that the Bengals have made a point to get involved in. Like I've said many times, he has a very unique skill set at wide receiver with that contested catch ability, that jump ball ability that is always better to have than not have. So we'll hope for him to get a nice full recovery going to IR with that shoulder injury so he can get back to being healthy along with Joe Burrow in 2021. Zach Taylor hinting at the idea that Burrow had his surgery on Wednesday in California, by the way, although we did not get confirmation from the head coach. It was insinuated in his press conference today. Onto the practice report, James. Not practicing for not injury-related reasons. Veteran rest days for Geno Atkins, Mike Daniels, and A.J. Green. On the injury side, not practicing. Cornerback Tony Brown has a hamstring injury. Long snapper Clark Harris. Oh, no. And that beautiful mane of hair at long snapper misses practice with an illness. Alex Redman didn't practice with a concussion. Brandon Wilson has a hamstring injury and limited were Christian Covington and Mike Thomas with an illness and a hamstring respectively. Mike Thomas being limited with a hamstring. Again, we're talking about opportunities down roster of wide receiver. That'll contribute for guys, like you said, like Alex Erickson, like Stanley Morgan, and we will see what happens there. But the more interesting news for me is going to be the Alex Redmond bit because We've seen them playing musical chairs on this offensive line all season long. And with Redmond dealing with this concussion this week, we could get yet another combination unless they just decide to roll with Quentin Spain and Mike Jordan at the guard positions again. And they could do that. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. They still have significant depth there. But, Jake, it just seems like each and every week they're dealing with something in the trenches. One quick note, by the way, the Bengals did – signed Dan Godsell to the practice squad, the long snapper. He was in training camp, was on the roster for most of the offseason. The reason that's significant is because if Clark Harris is out, you need a backup. So this team, when you count the practice squad, has three quarterbacks, two kickers, and now two long snappers. That's uh, that's life in, in the NFL in the COVID-19 era. My question, James, is where's Kevin Huber's backup? <laughs> maybe it's Xavier Suofilo or Mike Jordan whoever doesn't start at guard can uh can play backup punter speaking of that we're going to dive into the Bengals offensive line next but right now I want to tell you about Bilt Go because you hear me talking about Bilt Bar all the time and it's the number one protein bar on the planet but what do you do when you need that extra boost that extra jolt of energy to get through your day or power through that workout or power through that last Zoom meeting. Because let's be honest, we're all sick of meeting on Zoom. You got to get built go. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with built go every day. The best thing about them, they're easy to take with you. One and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase, your backpack. Doesn't matter. It's easy to take with you. It's the best workout gel on the market. Think of five hour energy without the same crash feeling. And they taste great. Peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate mint, three amazing flavors for you. And the collagen in them, it promotes joint, soft tissue, hair and skin health. Stuff literally makes you look better. Jake looks much, much better than he did prior to Built Go. Visit BuiltGo.com. Use promo code LOCKED 
you're going to get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go! If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's another week and another tough decision potentially for the Bengals. I don't know. Is it a tough decision, Jake, when it comes to this offensive line? Alex Redman dealing with a concussion. You activate Xavier Suofilo. I know what I would do personally. I, I would bench Jordan. I, I've said it for really weeks now. I, I think that that's a guy. You take him out. You let him learn. He's clearly not ready. You've given him a lot of opportunity. And now you have proven veterans. Quentin Spain might be their best offensive lineman right now. He's certainly the most versatile. And then after that, you, you bring in a guy like Xavier Suofila. You signed him to start at right guard. And now you can just plug him in with Redmond out. He's practice for a couple weeks now or three weeks now including the bye and before the bye I think Xavier Suofilo makes sense what what do you think about this I think if he's ready to go you just go back to plan a and you substitute Quentin Spain and for your left guard who struggled for really all but one or two games this year Mike Jordan has he did have a pretty nice game against Cleveland he was actually like okay against whoever the Bengals just played New York it tells you how much I'm paying attention with Brandon Allen, the starting quarterback. But I would get back to the plan you had and see how it goes. And I'm with you, James. At this point, Mike Jordan, like like I said before the season, like uh, Brandon Thorne said when he came on and, and we talked offensive line, Mike Jordan might eventually be a fine NFL guard. He's just not there yet. And the idea that he needs time to develop as a young, physically gifted guy makes a lot of sense. So if you need Quentin Spain to get you through the rest of this season, you see how Mike Jordan looks next year in training camp. You make a decision then about the left guard position. I mean, I don't know if you can actually let it get to training camp, I guess. I guess that's too long to wait. I guess you need to address the position this offseason. And you know what? That's not a very enviable position to be in either. Maybe I just talked myself back into letting Mike Jordan play just to let him get the reps and, and see if maybe, you know, if something clicks, I don't know what he's young. Quentin Spain, like he is what he is. People are people are really high on Quentin Spain and I like Quentin Spain. It sounds like he brings great veteran leadership. He's a smart guy. You know what he is, but you know what he is. And, and so that's why I'm saying people want to see what they have. If it's not Jordan, don't let it be Spain. Throw a Denogy in there. Do something different and, and see what you have in one of these young guys. Let them get those developmental snaps. Because with Brandon Allen, a quarterback, I, I mean, I'm not really as concerned. I, I don't want Brandon Allen to get hurt, but I'm not as concerned about protecting him. No, I think it should be Spain. And you're right. I, I'm not saying you, you're doing it for Brandon Allen, but you're doing it for a bunch of reasons. One we go back to Zach Taylor. You might not be evaluating him anymore. I might not be evaluating him anymore, even though I'm trying to. I'm trying to leave that door open. The Bengals are. And so I don't want a liability 
at one of these guard spots. You paid Xavier Suofilo in the offseason. Quentin Spain's a guy you brought in to help shore up that position. And you want to talk about consistency. It's been completely inconsistent. They're throwing him all over. And earlier this week, he's like, just don't play me at center and I'm good. And he may say that, but at the same time, how good can he become or how good can he be? I want to see it because in all reality, Xavier Sufilo probably back next year. So is he your backup or is he a guy that can show something down the stretch here? He's played a half of football for you in Bengal stripes. Quentin Spain, you've moved him all around the offensive line. Let's plug him in at one of these guard spots and then see how he looks with Trey Hopkins and Xavier Suofilo on the interior. Now, again, I get it. I get trying to develop these guys, and I'm not against it. And odds are there's going to be an injury or two that's going to happen between now and the end of the year because that's what's happened all damn season in the trenches. At the same time, at some point you got to play your best guys. I still don't think Jordan's necessarily ready. And they've ran him out there a ton. It's not an experience thing right now. I think he just he needs to learn. And that's part of it. And maybe he can learn from veterans like Xavier Suofilo and Quentin Spain just from watching them. Because that's the one thing the Bengals haven't tried is, hey, sit, watch, and learn these guys, learn from these guys that were in your position and uh, have been successful at times uh, compared to, relatively speaking, compared to Michael Jordan. They did it last year. And he responded relatively well to it. And they were starting with that plan this year. And I'm not saying that Mike Jordan should be the guy, but if your argument is that, you know, you should play your best guys, I just don't care. I I don't care about playing your best guys in this season when you really know what one of those quantities is. Like, I know who Quentin Spain is as a football player, as a guard. There's enough out there. There's enough of a track record. I would love to see more of Xavier Suofilo to see what kind of shape he's in, to see how he handles right guard after playing left guard for most of his career. And I would honestly love to see Adenogy finally get some of these reps at guard. Like, if we're going to make a change at left guard, I don't think Adenogy is ready to play in the NFL either, but I would I would rather see him at this point get some game reps than Quentin Spain. And I hear you on the experience thing for Jordan. I, I totally get that. I'm, I'm not arguing that he should be playing or he should be on the bench. I'm just saying, like, what's the point of playing Quentin Spain? Unless you're Zach Taylor, right? If you're Zach Taylor, you play him because you think he's your best lineman and and you're trying to make choices to win football games. But me, I don't care about winning football games this year. I really don't. And so for me, I want to see if they can find anything on their roster before next year. And even that, James, even that is a fool's hope. Even that is, is likely fool's gold, right? Like, you get a few couple of solid weeks out of Hakeem Adenogy at left guard, say, in, in the best case scenario. That doesn't necessarily mean long term he's going to be a good left guard. You're dealing with, with a small sample size at this point. So I don't really know what I'm arguing for. I guess I'm just feeling extremely nihilistic today, huh? Yeah, I, it, no, and I get what you're saying, but wh- where does it end? If, that, if, that's, if that's your logic, then why play Tyler Boyd when Scotty Washington's on the practice squad? You know, why not put Erickson in the slot to protect Boyd sure. and then get Washington some reps or, or you know, Thomas reps or like I, at some point. Well, you, I, I can you, answer you, that. I mean, the reason is that Tyler Boyd's a, a superstar. Quentin Spain's just a guy. He's probably a backup guard in the league. I, I mean, he's a journeyman. I mean, it'd be like saying, oh, play Ryan Finley instead of Brandon Allen. I, I couldn't care less if, if they bring up like 
Who, who's the quarterback they just signed from the Browns? We talked about him yesterday. Kevin Hogan. Qu- Kevin Quentin Hogan. Spain is, is much more accomplished than all three of those dudes. Come on. Sure, but but the point is that Quentin Spain is a journeyman guard. Tyler Boyd is a superstar. You don't bench your superstar unless you have a conversation with him. You say, you know what, Tyler, we don't want you to get hurt. We're going we're gonna to sit you the rest of the way. And he's not think, hurt at all. That's just not going to happen. I think Tyler Boyd's really, really good. Superstar's a stretch. I mean, and he's the best team? slot well, sure. He's probably the best. He's their best player. Yeah, he's their outside of Burrow. He's their best player, at least on offense, um, for sure. So I, I get that, but I mean, no one outside of Cincinnati and Pittsburgh really knows who Tyler Boyd is, you know, pay, unless, unless on. he's on unless he's on their fantasy team. And I love Tyler. Are you serious? Isn't that why most people know who players are that aren't on their favorite team is because of fantasy football? Sure, but superstar. There aren't many superstars. Like Tom I mean, Brady's he's not a Patrick Mahomes. Odell's a superstar. Odell Patrick sucks. Mahomes is a superstar. Tyreek Hill isn't even a superstar. Think about it. Yeah, he that. is. No way. What are you talking about? No way. Who who all right, we're gonna ask Kyle Krabs this question. Is Tyreek Hill a superstar wide receiver? We're gonna see what he says. I don't says. think the average NFL fan knows what Tyreek Hill looks like. You're overestimating this right now. Like you're you think that like because you're like amazing at football. Like there aren't many NFL superstars. They wear helmets. It's harder. I mean, I, I did acknowledge like he's not Pat Mahomes. He's not Mike jo- like Michael Jordan of NBA level superstar. But as far as the Bengals go, he's oh, a star. I, you don't bench your stars. No, and, and I wouldn't bench him. But I also would. I just I'm like, just saying that's a straw man argument. If you're going to say where does it end, bench Tyler Boyd for Mike Mike Thomas, like that that's that's nonsense. Well, you're trying to get the young guys reps and see what you have. No. Mike Thomas came into the year with 10 receptions. I mean, you got to see maybe why Zach liked him so much. I think we've seen enough of Mike Thomas. He's gotten plenty of snaps. What about Scotty Washington? I haven't seen him since camp. You don't good. need to because he's a Six practice squad five. talent. Six. Are we sure Mike Jordan's more than a practice squad talent? No, I'm not arguing for Mike Jordan. I'm saying like throw Hakeem Adeniji out there. Get Xavier Suofilo on the field for sure. Don't start Mike Jordan and Quentin Spain because they're the guys you've been going with. I would I would play Adenogy at right tackle. I get uh, it. I get doing sure. that. Well, but, but why not play him at right tackle? Sure. He's more comfortable at tackle, by the way. He admits that. Even right tackle over guard. Sure. I don't. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> We're spinning our wheels right now. I love it. It's okay. This Scotty is, this Washington. Is, I can't believe Scotty Washington. Scotty Washington was going to get brought up. What about Trent Norwin? Who? Trent Norwin, baby. Oh yeah, the UNC guy. Winston oh, Rose. Let's just get them all up here. This, Winston Rose. I would love to see Winston Rose. Mitchell I would love Wilcox. to see Winston Rose instead of LaShawn yeah. Sims. Let's do it. Oh, James, look at how far we've fallen from talking about Joe Burrow to arguing about Scotty Washington. Coming up next, Kyle Krabs will try to save us from ourselves as we get into this week's crossover with Locked on Dolphins. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
It's that time of the week, time for Crossover Thursday. And for more on the Dolphins is the host of Locked On Dolphins, Kyle Krabs. And the fun part about this, usually, Kyle, it's just me. But since you're so special, Jake decided to join us. So you have to deal with both of us. No pressure at all. And Jake already teased. He's fascinated to talk about this team. So I feel absolutely no pressure, and it's totally fine. I'm cool with it, and it's good to be linking up with you guys here. I have a very important question for you that I would like to start with that has nothing to do with the Dolphins or the Bengals. Would you describe Tyreek Hill as a superstar in the NFL? A superstar. That's the key word. I feel like he's super productive, but I'm not sure I would qualify him as a superstar. All right. All right. Mainly because, to be fair to... I don't want to give James, don't want to let him get too inflated here. He's overshadowed on his own team by his quarterback to such a degree. Jerry I dug Rice did myself it. a deeper hole there. I don't no, know. Jerry Rice great. did it with, with those quarterbacks that he had in San Francisco. Anyway, uh, that's fine. I, I guess I'm too much of a football junkie. I think Tyreek Hill might be the best receiver in the NFL. Might be, not saying he is. I think it's close. Anyway, let's let's talk a little bit about this game, James. I'll hand it over to you. You're you're more used to these things than I am. I just want to talk about, you know, no, things that, that we can't decide between the two of us. And let's start with a guy that honestly is closer to being a superstar than Tyreek Hill. And it, 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 I think that is true. And I'm not saying it because Kyle's on. Tua Tungavailoa. Kyle, what, what's the, the latest? I know he was limited on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Do you expect him to play? Is it going to be the, the Ryan Fitzmagic show? What do you think? I think the Dolphins will continue to play it conservatively with Tua Tungavailoa. The way that they've structured their offense, uh, they, they've played it fairly close to the vest, and some Dolphins fans almost get the impression that they're almost babying him to a certain degree. But I think they're being very deliberate in picking, choosing their spots uh, with him as far as what the offense looks like once they put him into the game. And I would anticipate that, Bar, if we don't get a setback, I would anticipate he will play. I think they would like to get him some more game reps ahead of next week's game against the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, quite frankly, he played very poorly against the Denver Broncos, and, and Vic Fangio did some great stuff to confuse him. Uh, so I know a lot of Dolphins fans were disheartened that he couldn't get that quote-unquote get-right game against the New York Jets. This will be another chance for one of those get-right games. The Bengals have been a cure to all that ails quarterbacks for the most part this season with guys like Tony Brown and LaShawn Sims playing cornerback for the injured Trey Waynes. But let's talk a little bit about Tua. A lot of Dolphins fans and Bengals fans went back and forth in the Mm -hmm. preseason during the draft period. I know you're a big draft guy over at the Draft Network in addition to your locked-on Dolphins duties Did you feel like Tua was the guy all along for the Dolphins? Do you feel like that was best case scenario? Or did you, if there was a world where the Bengals fell in love with Herbert, were were you a a Burrow guy? If there was any way for the Dolphins to get Burrow, were you one of the trade up guys? Or were you, let's stay put, use the three picks, draft Tua? I think he's a fine prospect. So where I kind of dug my heels in the sand was I don't want to give up the draft capital because the Dolphins had so many holes to fill and needs and the risk you run if you give up your three ones to to hypothetically try to coax Cincinnati out, uh, you're leaving 
whatever quarterback you get in a compromised position in which you can't really build around him. And I think that's one of the uh, differences in what we saw, how Joe Burrow played with how magnificently he did play, but the toll this season took on him and the hits that he did versus Miami. They're starting two or three, depending on the week, rookie offensive linemen, uh, two of which were top 40 picks. Uh, So that was kind of, I was cool with Herbert. I was cool with Burrow. I was cool with Tua. You could have talked me into Jordan Love if they chose to go a different direction early on. Um, But for me, it was the sum of this entire draft class. Their strategy was to draft by volume. So don't compromise that to just go out and get one guy. Now that they they went that route, they made those three picks. Uh, Obviously, Tua, I think he's played in five games this year. Uh, are you, is he about where you expected him to be? Are you surprised they, they inserted him into the lineup when they did, or do you think that was a good move? I mean, they are in the the thick of the playoff race, I think, and we'll get into this. I think Flores has done a great job. Was it the the right time? And have you liked what you've seen so far from Tua, even though it's a a limited amount of snaps? One of the things, I, I don't think the move was the best move for Miami for weeks, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. But one of the things Brian Flores talked about in the preseason that I thought was really interesting is he makes all of his decisions for what is going to be best to help the team win, what is the best decision for the team. But sometimes that decision is more of a what do we look like 10 weeks from now versus what we look like in the here and now. So I think for Miami, them understanding some of the limitations that Ryan Fitzpatrick has understanding what direction their offense wanted to go. And it's been very startling to see the number of RPOs and the frequency of them that have been put into this offense over the five or six uh, weeks that Tua Tungavailoa has been the starter versus what it was in the first six weeks of the season. I think those variables at play, hoping that you could get Tua to a point where he was comfortable in the offense and you could get enough of the playbook onto his plate that his ceiling would surpass that of Ryan Fitzpatrick at the end of the season. And I think that's a tightrope that they've been trying to walk. And from a wins and losses perspective, because they have a fairly balanced team, they've been able to do it despite some frustrating performances from the offense. So let's talk about the success that Brian Flores has had in Miami. He's built this balanced team. He's obviously got this defensive track record. He by all accounts, has been fantastic at developing talent. He's obviously got buy-in down in Miami, even after some of the controversial, I would call them controversial trades, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, Laramie Tunzel, the, the cornerstone kind of players that led to the Dolphins accumulating that draft capital. Zach Taylor, on the other hand, comes into a situation where you know, everyone's saying in the front office, this is the most aligned that the GM in name or in practice, Duke Tobin has ever been with a head coach. He's saying all the right things. He's this young guy, but but things have just fallen apart. He can't win close games. He hasn't been able to win on the road. He probably picked a lot of the wrong assistants, including your old friend Jim Turner. What would you, from from an outsider perspective and someone who's very familiar with what Brian Flores has done in Miami, if you had to point to some specific differences that have led to Flores' success by com- by comparison, or, or if you compared it to Zach Taylor, what factors would you point to for for Brian Flores in Miami? Yeah, one of the big efforts that he made early on that actually didn't materialize was he tried his absolute best to get an accomplished, experienced 
offensive mind to be his assistant head coach. And the vision for that was Jim Caldwell in year one. Jim Caldwell eventually took a leave of absence. He never coached a down for the Dolphins, uh, but he was kept on as a consultant in 2019. And then they brought in Shane Gailey, who's been around the block and has coached, you know, was was in Pittsburgh and previously the offensive coordinator with the Dolphins in the early 2000s and was the quarterback's coach for John Elway at one point. So he's seen a lot of things. And the one thing that Brian Flores does exceptionally well is he delegates and he trusts that he has the right people in place to execute the day-to-day operations. And he's really done a, a great job of getting resourceful and dipping into the college ranks to find young, energetic coaches that are teachers. And you've seen a lot of player development from Zach Sealer, who was a, a waiver wire claim off of uh, the waivers from the Baltimore Ravens in December of 2019 and, and has developed into a, a viable starting defensive lineman. They just signed him to a three-year contract. Nick Needham was a UDFA. Preston Williams was a UDFA who granted had a lot of physical talent, uh, but needed to be catered along and provided structure around him in the Dolphins locker room. And you're seeing players getting into new roles as well, like Eric Rowe having a career resurgence be- after being moved to safety midway through 2019. So those coaches, that delegation and the attention to detail and teaching and, and preaching your fundamentals and core principles on a day-to-day basis, I think is the one thing that has really helped instill this culture of player and team growth simultaneously in Miami. Kyle, I'm, I'm sure you were sold on him at some point. When was that? Was it the end of last year? Was it when they started to make their push this year and it, it looked like they were a playoff team? When did you, you see Flores on the sideline or think about it and say, all right, the Dolphins got their guy? I don't want to say it was too premature. Uh, I remember watching him coach when they beat the Indianapolis Colts in their ninth game last year, they started going seven. I liked that they were aggressive in week, week six last year and they went for two to beat Washington and they didn't get it. And he, he coached like he had nothing to lose. And you think about what, how vanilla Adam Gase's offenses were in Miami. And you thought about how Joe Philbin was so afraid of game management that he never once took a risk. And you're seeing Brian Flores, break out these trick plays and fake punts and going for it on fourth down. And it's like, you have a more progressive offensive coach when you stopped trying to pursue one and just went and hired the best guy for the job in a defensive coach in Brian Flores. So that start to finish last year and the exclamation point was, of course, the week 17 win over New England to see them lose in week two, 43 to nothing at home to New England and then go to New England and beat the Patriots when they needed that game to secure a first round bye. That for me was probably the man like this is really different from everything I've experienced in the last decade. I think that that is some very interesting perspective for Bengals fans to think about and and to really try to dig into some of what Kyle just told us about the experience with Brian Flores in Miami and compare that to what they've observed themselves and their opinions of what's happening under Zach Taylor in Cincinnati. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. We thank Kyle for his time and his perspective on Brian Flores' tenure in Miami. Until tomorrow, Bengals fans, when I guess, James, we will talk about this football game a little bit. Maybe we'll know if two is playing by then. Have a good one, Bengals fans. 
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 